Welcome to the Ditch the Suits podcast, where we get real about the stuff no one in the financial world wants you to know about. Learn how you can better manage your family's wealth while protecting it from financial exploitation and so-called financial advisors. Here's to your financial awakening. Welcome your hosts, Steve Campbell and Travis Moss. Well, welcome back to Ditch the Suits Podcast. Steve Campbell, co-host here with you today. Uh, we will be concluding our series on the cold truth about investing in today's markets. In episode one, just in case you missed it, we shared how the markets are like ocean tides. Sometimes the tide is high when markets are really overbought. And then sometimes the tides are low when everything is starting to pull back like it has recently. In episode two, we pivoted and talked about how investing in the market is like being on a roller coaster, the greatest thrill of your lifetime, even though it may not feel that way. Today, however, we want to talk through the irrationality of planning for doomsday. The world is not coming to an end, and there is real money to be made. We don't want you to be afraid. We just want you to be proactive and intentional with the decisions you make moving forward. We will share one final strategy that you can take advantage of during this market downturn. As always, if you're new to the show, please subscribe so you never miss a podcast episode. Uh, We'd also love to earn a five-star rating and have you leave a written review. Your review can inspire somebody else to become a believer. Travis and I, as always, are here to help you get the most from your money in life. We hope that this series has helped you, inspired you, encouraged you to know that you don't have to be a victim, but that you can move the ball forward. You just have to be very intentional in what you do. So we hope that you enjoyed this series on the cold truth about investing in today's markets. Well, welcome back to Ditch the Suit. Steve Campbell here with Travis Moss. Today, are we going to be concluding our three-part series on the cold truth about investing? So this is episode number three, uh, where we are going to be talking about doomsday. You know, last few years, man, we've had a lot of crap thrown at us, uh, where there's been a lot of people prepping from everything from toilet paper to soup cans to now the stock market, gas prices, inflation. Is this the end of the world? Is doomsday inevitable and is it coming? We're not kidding. There's a lot of people that are wondering that. They're looking at the climate of the world. They're looking at the political environment. And they're wondering, is this the beginning of the end? What if we wanted to talk about today, is this really doomsday and answer that question? But if you've been tuning into this series, this was a brand new series to be uh, relevant about things that people are really thinking about today. We wanted to talk about investing because it's on top of people's mind. Uh, If you've been listening to this series and there's been value, we've also encouraged you to go back to episodes 28, 29, and 30, where we add even more context uh, from some previous episodes that we can do about some real things that you can uh, do as an investor. At the end of every one of these episodes, though, we've tried to give you maybe a strategy that you can implement. And hopefully, as you've been listening, you've been thinking about some of the things that we've been sharing with you. So we're going to follow that same kind of pattern for today. We're going to talk about, is this really doomsday? Give you some context. And at the end, Travis is going to give us one more strategy that we can maybe put to work to help you get the most from your money in life. So Travis, big question of the day, is this doomsday? Well, let's separate social issues from financial issues. Yep. And I'll apologize in advance because we're we're probably going to bother some people with, uh, let's say, the relevancy of some of the concerns when it comes to investing, yeah. right? Because we're here to talk about investing and financial planning. And all too often, because of the world that we live in, other issues are kind of matriculating into the discussion that don't belong there. That's a good point. And because of the, you know, the conversations and things kind of circulating our communities, we're kind of forced into thinking that they're somehow tied together and they're just not. 
And so we're going to draw some hard lines, I think, today and, and kind of try to put some of this irrationality in its place. As a planner, as a financial planner, when I'm working with clients and they start thinking about what happens in this situation, when we get to the point of doomsday, so the stock market goes to zero, what do I do then? Or the stock market goes down and it never comes back up. What you're talking about there is financial calamity at a scale that there's no American alive that can envision exactly what that would look like because mm-hmm. it's never happened in a modernized world with a country such as the United States essentially collapsing. So there is no explanation of what would happen. There is no way you can plan for it. You don't know what money would actually be in that environment. So what's your point? Your point is let's watch a zombie movie and see what happens. I mean, that's literally what the point is of that. There's nothing a financial planner can do with you to, to a lot to, to set those fears down, I guess. You know what I mean? There was a, (laughs) I guess just to kick this off in a couple of different kind of primers, I get I get from uh, some older clients that I have when the market goes down like, like this. Uh, and these guys tend to be in their seventies. By the time they get to their eighties, their perspective's different. But in their mid seventies, this is the perspective I get a lot of times. Maybe early eighties, but by the time you get to your mid to late eighties, your perspective's changed, primarily because of what you're concerned about at that point. But I get this: I won't live long enough to see the recovery. So they're panicking because the market's down and they say, well, I won't live long enough to see the recovery. Well, first of all, if you're that age and you got a bunch of money in the market, presumably you've been investing for decades, you know, the risk and return go together. You've seen it. Yep. So why is this a surprise? Number two, you won't live long enough to see it recover. What will you care? You're dead. So if it doesn't recover in your lifetime, I guarantee you, I 100% promise you, you will not be on your deathbed thinking, I wish I had seen the market recover before I checked out. You're going to be on your deathbed thinking, I want to make sure my spouse is taken care of and 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 I want to make sure that my kids know I love them and you know, you're going to be thinking about those things. You're not going to be thinking about whether or not the market bounced back from its 15% correction at the beginning of the year. That literally is not going to be what you're thinking about. I don't care what you say about it. If it is, then you know, this podcast probably isn't even for you anyway, because we're talking about values and, and, and how to actually get more money, more, more value out of your money, you know, and develop personal wealth beyond the dollars. So let's stop thinking like that. Let's stop thinking like I'm going to run out of time and it's all going to be gone because that in itself is just a means to an end. So what's your point then? Right. Um, If you truly believe those things are going to happen. So I'm watching or reading on, I forget if I was watching something or listening, but anyway, I came across an article that you can actually Google for it. It was put out by, a, I think, a UK research company or something that the research is like financial, geopolitical stuff, but, but financial stuff. And, and they were specifically talking about the fact that there was a one in 10 chance, and they were being interviewed by a news channel, but they were one in 10 chance that Russia would use a nuclear weapon in this war with Ukraine. And the reporter said, now, what, what do you suggest people do that? And he said, well, buy stocks while the stocks are going down. You know, that's basically the premise of this was that's going to create fear. The value of stocks are going to go down. You should buy stocks as, as the stocks are going down. And the response was, how could you possibly be so greedy as to say you're going to take advantage of people who are afraid of nuclear war by self-indulging on investments that are underpriced that people are willing to sell, basically? Well, number one, 
if nobody's willing to buy it, nobody's going to be able to sell it. So you have to have a market. But number two, you have an organization that is not credentialed at all to make a one in 10 claim that there's going to be essentially, you know, pointing towards nuclear war, which is creating fear of Armageddon and exacerbating the situation. You have somebody making that claim on a platform where they're getting recognition and nobody's saying, what are your credentials and how do you come up with a one in 10 chance? Because hmm. one in 10 is awfully convenient, right? Yeah. Why isn't it a 6% chance? Why isn't it a 3% chance? Why isn't it a 10 and a half percent chance? How'd you come up with one in 10? So we're not mad about that. We're mad because they're doing exactly what they should be doing from an investment standpoint, which is buy investments when investments are low. Yep. Social issue. The, the whole issue with Ukraine and Russia, social issue. Whether or not I should be buying stocks when the market's down and the, and, and the prices are depressed, that's a financial issue. That's financial 101, right? Prices yep. are down under what they're worth because of this existential threat or fear that's driving the prices down. Take advantage of it. That's exactly what you're supposed to be doing. We're mad at the wrong issue. We're mad at people for self-indulging and taking advantage of the situation. We're not mad at people for being afraid of doomsday when they have no, no credential to be making that claim in the first place. So we end up in this situation where there's, think back as far as you can think back. If you follow the news, when was the last time there was not an existential threat to our markets and our way of, of you know, our financial well-being in the United States? Climate change, North Korea, China. Russia, Trump, right? Biden, it doesn't matter who the politics are, right? It's always the other person saying they're going to bring the end of everything down, right? Uh, tariffs, whatever it is, there's always this existential threat. Because why? If you logged into the media, to your news channel, and they said, everything is great today. Nothing to see here. People, their situations are improving. Life is okay. There's a little skirmish over there. Not really a big deal. It's pretty contained, whatever. If they didn't make it sound like the end of days were coming, like think about the, the weather channel when, when there's a hurricane that's coming towards Florida. I remember watching the news on, on, and every 10 minutes they're replaying the weather prediction as if it's something new, right? Like the hurricane's not moving that fast. And the hurricane had veered off and it wasn't going to hit Florida, but they said, well, it's, it's still very, very dire. You still need to pay attention because there could be flooding. Until that hurricane was completely gone and back out to sea, it was like to the minute you need to be panicking for your life. Why? Because if you're not to the minute panicking for your life about what's happening, you're not going to check in anymore. You're not going to watch the advertisements. They're not going to get advertising revenue. The whole business model fails. So the issue is, is that we have to set up the system that provokes fear because it gets you to do something. So in this case, I get you to tune in all the time. And then I've got the stock tickers running across the screen. And I say, look, the price of oil is down, the stock market crashed. Or the price of oil is up, the stock market crashed. Well, how come the stock market crashes every time anything changes? <laughs> right? Or one day the stock market went up because they raised interest rates. The next day it went down because they raised interest rates. Literally one day apart, less than 24 hours apart. The reaction was down and then up. Do you think that maybe we're just kind of manufacturing stuff to get people to, because we want them checking in more often? So what that's doing is that's getting you to think, I need to be doing something different. I need to be reacting. This time's different. 
And I hear that a lot from people. This time's different. This time's different. COVID happened. And unemployment hit like 25% or 30% or whatever during the, the midst of it. And somebody called me, this time's different. Look at where unemployment is. This is different than 2008. Like, yeah, because the government told people they can't come to work this time. You have to, you have to, yes, the unemployment number is high, but it's artificial. It's not real. It's right. you can't go to work for two weeks. We'll let you come back to work in a couple of weeks or a month or whenever. It's not the same, but it's also, you, you can't come compound the issues. You can't say, well, unemployment was 10 at that when that happened and look at the financial ramifications, unemployment's 30 now. So the same thing's going to happen. No, you, you got to stop putting the two together. Just like when the market, when people started going back to work, we didn't create those jobs. Those were just people going back to work. So, but we're watching all this and we're coming up with these scenarios where we're saying, this is all brand new. This is a work, you know, this is a new situation. It's going to be worse. I just know it. It's the same thing over and over and over again. It's over amplification of whatever the issue, amplification of whatever the issue is, essentially to get, keep you tuning in, to keep you checking on it. If it right. was that bad, if the end was that close to the to, to coming, there is nothing that you can do to protect your money. If you take your money out of the market and put it in a coffee can and bury it in the ground, and the financial system completely collapses, your dollars will be used for firewood. They, you, you can't do anything with them. If you take it and you go and buy gold online and it's held in a vault someplace, the financial system collapses. You can't get gas to drive there anyway. Let's pretend you got gas and you drove there. You have a vault with, all, uh, with armed guards controlling all the gold in the country. And you're there like, hey, give me mine back. And they're like, no. What are you going to do about that? Right. Right. So none of the doomsday scenario, let's say you buy your own gold and let's say gold is actually used as a currency. If there was a doomsday, let's say that they, because they it, throughout history, they've used all different types of things as currency. But let's say that they, you guessed right and they used gold. You have gold. None of your neighbors do. Nobody in your neighborhood has food. The system has collapsed. There's no more government. What do you think is going to happen when everybody else wants your gold so they can feed their kids? So the doomsday scenario doesn't work with investing. Right. You can't plan for it. It doesn't exist because it wipes everything out. It's you're starting over from scratch. So it doesn't matter how many dollars you have or what your statement used to be worth. When it gets wiped out and reset, it's wiped out and reset. It doesn't, there's nothing, there's really minimal you could have done to, to have prevented that. That's a societal issue. What you can do though is as long as things haven't changed. You could take advantage of the stock market ups and downs. You can take advantage of this ride that we're on, right? When people are subscribing and believing that the end is coming, buy their investments. They're willing to sell to you 50 cents on the dollar, 30 cents on the dollar, because they know the end is coming, but the end hasn't come yet. So every time they've done that throughout history, there's this massive recovery on the other side and they miss it, but they're always waiting for the end to come. Why would we want to live like that? Why would you want to live always thinking the end is coming and somebody's coming for your money? It hasn't happened. And if it does happen, there's nobody here that knows exactly how we should be reacting or exactly how that's going to going to be and play out. So, but I'll tell you, your dollar it's not going to matter at that point. Yep, right? We're all in that boat together. So, I think that we need to make sure that we're taking advantage when people are over-influenced and irrationality sets in 
where we think that there's something that we can do by hoarding our dollars or burying our dollars or cashing out because the system's going to collapse. At that point is when there's peak irrationality. People are selling their investments for the absolute least amount of, of price, right? They're, they're getting the, the, the worst deal they could possibly get. They're still willing to sell at that point. Man, you you've just gotta you've gotta understand that that's you only get so many opportunities like that to take advantage of, of that kind of insanity and 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 that's the difference between being a professional investor and and doing it as a hobby it yep. is the coldness of the, this discussion the coldness of saying that person their fear whether maybe there is a you know an existential threat that is that big and they should be afraid of it they're still doing the counter opposite of what they should do in case it doesn't come to fruition, right? So as much as you might want to empathize with them about the fear, you need to take advantage of the fear because that's how the market works. You want to know how to make money. Somebody's got to sell you something for less than it's worth. That's how you make money. That's how you make the big money. Yes, you could buy something for what it's worth and it can grow and, and you know over time. Or right now what's happening is People are irrationally making decisions. They're selling things off or they're forced to because there's also financial engineering going on that's forcing people to sell off stuff. They're forced to sell off at ridiculously low prices. And the professional, really good buyers, the, 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 the cold, hard investors are going to come in and they're going to scoop up as many deals as they can because they understand how the system works. And they also understand if they're wrong and the system goes kaput, it's like a matter anyway. So might as well do what we know. And what we know is there's a major dislocation in price to value because a lot of people are afraid of things they don't understand. And they're mixing the social and the financial issues together. And, and they don't know how to separate them. They don't know how to you know, put their feelings in a bottle over there and, and just attack the markets. That's where you need to be, though, if you're, if you're managing investments. You need to be looking at this from a standpoint of, this is awesome. I'm going to take advantage of this. Unfortunately, people are afraid. I feel bad about that, but still, this is the game I'm in. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to take advantage of the volatility. Well, Travis, I think that context is really uh, helpful because every once in a while, people need a wake up call. Uh, maybe you've been caught in the doldrums of going to work, coming home, turning on the news, getting sucked in, and everything seems to be so bad right now that you really just need a wake up call, water on your face, cold water that there's real opportunities out there for you to build real wealth. And I love the fact that you said that wealth is beyond money. But one thing that we've always talked to uh, people about on this podcast is bringing it back to planning. Um, every account that you hold should have a purpose. Within those accounts, every investment that you have should have a purpose. What I think has happened is there's a lot of uh, people that are out there today that have recognized that they really don't have a plan at all. They own a bunch of stuff, but they really don't know what that stuff is. And a lot of times we speak in very generality. So when you turn on the news and they say, man, the stock market's on a decline. Well, yes, the market as a whole is on a decline. But if you're out there and you own 20 really good companies that you have strong convictions about, they really might not be as down as the market as a whole. So maybe you're sitting there, look at your investments and you don't feel that bad. But what I love that you did is you separated the fact that there's some social issues happening and we're mixing that with the financials and it's all getting convoluted together. And fear is uh, something that can just snowball. You know, if you, whatever you go out 
whatever you go out to seek information-wise, you will feed off of what you're looking for. So if you are going out to validate your fear, you could find tons of articles, podcasts, TV shows that are going to validate you should absolutely be afraid. And it's only going to exasperate that fear even more. But if you go out and you're seeking maybe a contrarian idea or what is truth, or you're just out there and you're a learner, you want to gain understanding, then we want you to have a different viewpoint that there is some real opportunities within what's happening in this market. Because again, a market has buyers and a market has sellers, does not have a mind of its own. If you are wanting to buy really good investments that serve a purpose that are helping you towards your financial planning, create real wealth for your family, take the vacations you've always wanted to take, pass money on to the next generation, then there's an opportunity to buy some really good investments right now. But you have to be extremely intentional about what you're buying and why. I think what happens is a lot of people don't know a lot about investing, so they want to do something, so they invest. Financial literacy, when you meet with people, they'll say things like, my IRA has earned 10% this year. What they're saying is the investments within their IRA has earned 10%, not the IRA itself. But people don't understand that. They just look at their statement every once in a while and see it's up, see it's down. They get freaked out or they get really excited. And to you, like you said, if you're a true investor, you're trying to remove the emotion as much as you can from the fact that you're just buying something, right? That's either going to help you make money or it's going to be down in terms of price. And so you get nervous. So I think the irrationality of if everybody feels it's doomsday, if you have the ability to um, take advantage of the fact that people are selling really good investments because they are terrified, and these are investments that can help you and your family, I don't think anybody is going to poo-poo you for doing what you felt was in your best interest to put yourself in the best position possible. And it comes down to controlling what you can actually control. So as we've wrapped up every one of these episodes, we've tried to give you some kind of strategy, tip, what have you, that can help you in terms of bringing it back to the planning and what are some things that you can be doing. So in the first one, if you haven't gone back and you listened, we talked about this uh, fallacy of good money after bad and what that actually means. Uh, in our second episode, we talked about maybe a horizontal shift, moving from some of your low growth funds to maybe things that have been really beaten up that have a real opportunity to grow once this market or tide comes back in and recovers. But Travis, what would be kind of a third strategy that someone might want to consider that's listening to this podcast? I think this is one of the most exciting ones. And I, I think to do this right, you actually have to be doing financial planning because you have to have projections to know whether or not it even benefits you. But with the concept of Roth conversions, which is where you take money from a, a tax-deferred retirement account and you convert it over into a Roth account, which is tax-free indefinitely. Basically, at that point, you pay income taxes. Whether or not somebody will benefit from a Roth conversion tends to be dictated by their current and future tax brackets. So there's a bunch of work that goes into whether or not you're going to reap any benefits. The IRS isn't dumb because they've figured out how to essentially get the same pound of flesh out of you, whether you defer it now or get the tax deduction now, um, or or defer and get the tax deduction now, or whether or not you don't get the tax deduction now, but don't pay any gains on the interest because of the way compounding interest and, and time value of money works. But let's assume that you've done the groundwork and it would benefit you to do a Roth conversion. In a typical year, when you do a Roth conversion, the market's not down like it is. So if you were to convert $50,000, you pay taxes on $50,000. So, and maybe the your risk return profile of your portfolio is 8% a year, so $4,000. So next year, you know, you convert $50,000 this year. Uh next year your 50,000 could turn into 54,000. 
Let's pretend though that the market is down 20% or the investments, and it doesn't even have to be the market, but the investments that you would buy in the Roth, which presumably are your more aggressive investments because you want the most, the highest return stuff growing tax-free, right? Because you're going to be growing less of a tax bill. So think about it real quickly. If you could make 10% in one account and 5% in another account and average 7.5%, a lot of people say, that's pretty nice. I like 7.5%. So put the 10% in the Roth, it's tax-free, and put the 5% in the taxable account because they'll be less taxed. So anyway, there's ways that you can you can kind of rig your portfolio to manage the, we call it asset location, to manage the, to give you additional boost on the growth. But so let's pretend though, the market's down 20%. And you had $50,000 that you were going to convert. And because the market's down, it's only worth $40,000. That's the price of the, the whatever you have in your portfolio right now. So you convert the $40,000. Well, now you pay income taxes on the 40, not on the 50. So you were prepared to pay income taxes on the 50 for the year, but it's only, you know, the price is down to 40. So you're only going to pay taxes on the 40,000. So when that recovers, probably by, you know, within X amount of months or a year or so, or whenever it recovers, you're going to go from 40,000 back to 50,000. So you converted the same pool of money, but you only pay taxes on 40 instead of the 50. Yep. That's pretty exciting. I mean, yep. that's, you got a freebie and, and there's a broad enough dislocation right now in the markets to have a scenario where you don't have to be perfect with the timing. The markets, you know, have dropped as of, you know, today, June 22nd, 2022, the markets have dropped enough where there is a big spread between price and value, where even as the markets recover, you've got some time for all the transactions and stuff to go through. So number one, you have to make sure that it's in your best interest to do a Roth conversion. And it is not in everybody's best interest to do that. So before people just run out and do that, you know, there's, there's some analysis that needs to be done. Number two, if you can adjust your portfolio to make the most aggressive assets end up being in the Roth, you can actually goose the return. So what if by going from your IRA, you take assets that were profiled to make, you know, five to seven and a half percent a year, and they're down 20%, and you move them over to the Roth, and you buy investments that are profiled to make seven and a half to 10% a year. Uh, and which are also down 20%, and you capture that entire recovery plus a higher return going forward in there, you want to be able to take advantage of that. So make sure, yeah. number one, do the do the due diligence, make sure it's worth it to do a Roth conversion for you from a long-term projection standpoint. Um, the lifetime of taxes here is important to calculate. Number two, take advantage of how you set up your portfolio to maximize the tax situation of each account. And uh, number three, the market, you know, as of right now, is deep enough where, where you can make those horizontal moves like we were talking about in the last episode and really take advantage of the market. Um, so any, anytime you got a major dislocation like this or a major correction or a major market crash, these are opportunities. You look at them and, you know, last one we had was COVID. The time before that was 2018 with the, the tariffs uh, when, when Trump was going back and forth to China on tariffs and the Right before Christmas, the market crashed. Um, so you don't get a lot of opportunities like this. So when you get them, jump on them because it's free money. Yep. Yeah. And if you're able to do this on your own, great, go do it. 
Um, in one of our series, we talked about the fact that a lot of times when people engage with a financial professional, the financial professional will come right out and say, um, I can't give you tax advice. Uh, you need to go see a tax professional. And you had raised the counterpoint that said, if you are not getting comprehensive, holistic planning, you can't not talk about taxes. So when we talk about Roth conversions, like you said, the caveat is it's appropriate for some and maybe not for others, but there's planning involved. What we are helping you try to realize in this three-part series is that you don't have to be a victim of what's happening outside of your control. You can actually be doing things right now that can put you in a better position come tomorrow when this tide comes back that you don't have to follow everybody else's story, but there's real planning involved in it. And it's not just winging it. It's not just, okay, I listened to those two guys and I did something. There's a risk in doing absolutely nothing. There's a lot of people that when they engage with a financial professional, strictly only talk about investments. Every meeting you ever have once a year, twice a year, four times a year is always what's happening. How much did your money go down? How much did it go up? But there's really not a lot of planning. There's not tax implications. There's not strategies like we're talking about. So what a lot of people have is they're paying a professional to really do nothing, to hunker down. And maybe there's a time that it's appropriate to do nothing, but there's also times when you could be moving the ball forward, maybe in ways that you don't truly understand, but that's the value of having a professional in your corner that is looking for opportunities for you because you're going to be super emotional when it comes to your money. You are going to probably check into your account every single night when the market drops and go, shoot, right? What do we do? A financial professional that's a real advocate, and like you said, a fee-only planner that's not incentivized with commissions or sales, but really just as a fiduciary to put you in the best position, they're going to be coming to you with opportunities and say, hey, we've been investing this way. We don't have any cash to work with, so we're going to take your low growth uh, investments and move it into some higher growth investments, but here's how we're going to do it. We've done some calculations, we've done some projections, and we think that due to your tax brackets that you're in, it's a great time to convert some of this money from traditional type investments, which is what probably the majority of listeners have. You've put money into a 401k, a 403b, that has grown tax deferred, but now you find that you're maybe cash poor because any money that you take from these accounts, you're going to have to pay tax on. So people don't have a lot of extra money to just use without paying big tax implications. What if a good planner came to you and said, hey, you're a great candidate for a Roth conversion, that horizontal shift, instead of just moving it from a traditional IRA within that account, we're actually going to take that money, pay taxes on it at a lesser amount because everything is down. We're going to move that into a Roth IRA, but then those horizontal type investments we talked about, we're going to place those inside the Roth so that when this thing takes off and the tide comes back, you're going to get all that growth and more and any money you take out in the future is tax-free. Now think about the scenario I just gave you. You'd leave that money jazzed up. You'd have that yeehaw moment we talked about in episode <laughs> number two with Travis's nephew, because you're going to realize that this can be fun. Like there's actual things I can do. I'm not some kind of pawn that just sits here and watches the news every night and goes, oh, here we go again. Oh, this world sucks. No, life is exciting. And that's the thing that we are going to echo and cheerlead you on that life is really exciting and life is more than money. Money's important. It helps you do things. But to create real wealth, your family, your kids, your community, your loved ones, gosh, man, stop stop just letting everything happen to you and start being super intentional. But if you don't know how to do it, go find yourself a fee-only planner, do your due diligence, do your research, find an advocate that's going to come into your corner that can really help you look for maybe those blind spots or those opportunities that you just, you don't know to look for. Why? Because you got kids, you're raising a family, you're doing your job, you're volunteering. So there's no time to look at the money business that you're running. Why you would bring somebody into that is to help 
you do the things that you should be doing, but maybe not be aware of. So three-part series, cold truth about investing, social issues, financial issues, separate the two. A lot of crap happening out there. You could turn on the news and be frustrated every night, concerned, buying soup cans, toilet paper, do whatever. Or you can really start to take advantage of the money that you have, the investments that you own. We've given you some three strategies in each one of these. So if you missed any of them, go back and listen. And again, if you're looking for more information, maybe you're new to Ditch the Suits and you're like, wow, this was actually really good. I want to become a listener. Download, subscribe so you never miss an episode. Give a five-star rating, leave a review, help other people find our podcast, and then do yourself a favor. Go back, take the 25-minute each, listen to episodes 28, 29, and 30, get you and your spouse a nice bottle of wine, cup of coffee, whatever you got to do, but be incentivize yourself to make really good decisions. We are here to help inspire you to get the most from your money in life by having not different conversations, but conversations you need to hear. And if this helps you do those things and that, then we've done our job. So as always, we hope this three-part series uh, has helped you to move the ball forward in your life. You don't have to be a victim. You can actually be a victor, start moving the ball forward. At the end of the day, if you need to do something, be intentional about what you're doing. We appreciate you being our guest. And until next time, thanks for visiting Ditsu Suits. Well, thanks for listening. We appreciate you taking the time to listen to this entire episode. Uh, we hope that this information has inspired you and empowered you to go out and live your best life. But let's be honest, you might have a question or two about some of the things we talked about today. If this is you, Travis and I are here to help in any way that we can. You can reach out to us and follow us on social media on Facebook at CPG. You can send us an email, uh, info at seedpg.com. Just let us know in the email. This is in regards to ditch the suits, a question or topic you might want us to cover. Or you can visit our website, which is seedpg.com. That's seedpg.com. Head up to that right corner, fill out that contact us button, and just let us know in the comments that this is in regards to Ditch the Suits. If you have a question, a series of questions, or anything we can do to help you on your journey to financial freedom, Travis and I are here to help. So again, it's your money and it's your life. You only get one shot at this thing. Our job is to make sure you get the most out of it. Thanks for being our guest. And until next time, have a great day. Thanks for listening. Ready to ditch the suits? Remember, it's your money and your life. For more information, visit seedpg.com. That's seedpg.com. If this podcast has impacted you, we ask that you subscribe or follow so you never miss an episode. And be sure to share with a friend.